Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gen J Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Heffington, and this show is brought to you by your friends at Generation Joshua. As we travel around the country working with young leaders, we meet all sorts of amazing people who are working to change their corner of the world for the better. If you've ever been to one of our iGovern camps, you've probably heard from some of these people. But we thought that it would be awesome if we could sit down for some in-depth conversations and get their stories on the record so that we could share them with the greater Gen J community. This podcast is the culmination of that process, and we think that you're going to find these conversations encouraging and inspiring. So go ahead, pop in your headphones, connect to your Bluetooth speaker, whatever you got to do, and let's get into today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gen J Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Heffington, and I'm here today. We have a really exciting episode um, that I think you're going to find really interesting. My two guests today, first time we've had two guests at once, uh, are Joel Gruy, the director of Generation Joshua, and Jeremiah Lorig, Gen J's deputy director. You've heard, if you're a you know, faithful listener of the podcast, you've heard from both of them in their individual episodes, so you should check those out if you haven't. You kind of get to know who they are, some of what they do, some of their you know backstories. But on this episode, we're going to talk about the upcoming student action teams and student action teams in general for Generation Joshua. Um, I'm going to I'm not going to give you the description right now because I'm going to let these guys do it. Uh, but some of you are familiar with student action teams or SATs as we like to call them. You've been on them, you volunteered on them. Some of you just heard about them and never done it. And then, of course, some of you are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So we're going to dig into it. We're going to give you a behind the scenes glimpse of how these things come together, what they are, who's involved. All that good stuff. Uh, so without uh, further ado, Jeremiah, Joel, thanks for being here today. Glad to be here. Thanks, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Um, so I'm just going to throw this out, and you guys can both answer. You can chime in, whatever. Some of these I'll probably address to one or the other of you. But in your own words, what is a Gen J student action team? Joel, we can start with you. All right. Well, a Gen J student action team is a group of Gen J students, hence the Gen J part of it, right, that deploy um, – into a campaign, uh, usually working to support a particular candidate or cause. Okay. Um, it can it can be as small as twenty kids. Uh, it can be as large as almost two hundred. Wow. So the size varies quite a bit. Yep. They usually do what's called get out the vote work, GOTV. Although in recent years um, they've been asked to do more and more varied things, but traditionally their role is to make sure the people that are registered to vote remember that they actually need to go vote, and then to educate them on where the candidates stand. Sure. Awesome. Very cool. Jeremiah. Do you have anything to add to that? Kind of what, what, in your words, what's a student action team? I guess I would just sum it up really simply as it's a group of like-minded people who go to work on a political campaign, put in those long hours, talking to voters to really make a difference. Yep. Love it. Now, these, you know, the, the thing that's different about Gen J student action teams is like they're not, it's not like a campaign internship or something where you're there for like months and months. These no. are almost always contained in a really short period of time, right? Four or five days. Four or five days. Something like yeah. that. A long weekend. You come in, usually, traditionally, they come in Friday. They're leaving by Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of like that. And usually, I guess this isn't always true, but most often a student action team centers around election day. Yep. So, like, sometimes, you know, there'll, there'll be something else that's a particular date that the team's centered around. But almost always, it's November it's the election day, and that's kind of the culmination of the deployment, right? That's normally how they go. There's been more and more variation in recent years, and with the propensity for mail-in voting and early voting, that's changed a bit, but yep. that is traditionally how it works. Yep. Very cool. Um, how long, roughly, have student action teams been happening? That was the first thing that Generation Joshua really did. Okay. It was founded in 2004 to deploy groups of... Generation Joshua volunteers yep. to the closest political races that year. And they deployed, I'm trying to remember exactly where it was. I, I don't remember all exactly the places, but I know they were in Pennsylvania because okay. I ran into them there. Yep. And then they were also out in Oklahoma. And I think they were also up in uh, South Dakota. And Kansas. Oh, wow. They were in Kansas. Kansas. Kansas, Kansas too. Kansas as well. And that was in 2004? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2004. Awesome. A couple and hundred people, maybe total. Two, 100, 100, 200, somewhere in there. It wasn't it was a lot. more than that, Was actually. it more than that? Yeah. We had a, a good number of people there. Granted, at this point, this is before Jeremiah's history officially working with Gen J or mine. Although, yeah. 
Um, you definitely it's actually ran before any of that would be yep. before any of us in the room here were actually involved. Yep. And that was kind of like the uh, not not the dark ages, but the 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 original era. Yeah. History. The original pre, series of Gen J. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, I ran so, into them. I was campaigning in the Philadelphia suburbs. Okay. And I I went with a group of college. Uh, students who I knew through yeah. Patrick Henry College. Okay, yep. And we were campaigning and working out of a hotel, and there was a bus of Generation Joshua students as well. So there were two buses. One yeah. was a Patrick Henry College bus. One was a Generation Joshua bus. Okay. I didn't know what Generation Joshua was all about, but sure. they were there. Yeah. And I, a little did I know that you know all these years later, yeah. they would be a, a, a You're major the part of my DNA. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Very cool. And in 2004, uh, we deployed over a thousand volunteers. Over a thousand, Good okay. heavens. Yes, that's great, amazing. Um, so, on that note, you've you, your first time you kind of got exposed to a student action team, Jeremiah was wasn't you know at that at that hotel where you were doing different politics. But for both of you, when did you first officially get involved with student action teams? Like, you know, that was kind of your first place you crossed paths. But when when did it become more of what you were doing? My first actual deployment with yeah. Generation Joshua on a student action team was yeah. 2006. Okay. I deployed to Iowa to work in a tiny little town called Water, Waterloo, I think, Waterloo, Iowa. And it, I, we were working to help a um, candidate running for Congress. And I was asked to go help lead a team. And I, I wanted to go someplace else. I wasn't interested in going to Iowa. I had no uh, interest in that race in particular. I told them I wanted to go to Colorado. They were doing okay. a deployment there. That's where I was from. Sure. Uh, but they, they came back to me and they said, hey, Jeremiah, we really need somebody with your experience to be on this Iowa team. Would you please go? And we'll, we'll do whatever we need to do to get you there. I said, okay, well, can you bring one of my... Uh, buddies uh, with me on on the deployment and they said sure I gave them two and I was able to bring both of them nice so we we, we had a a nice little core team and I was the the devotional leader on that team and ran a van and it it was a a tremendous experience to actually exercise my leadership because I had been volunteering on campaigns like I had mentioned uh, two years before I had been volunteering in Pennsylvania, but working with Generation Joshua, I got to actually expand my leadership and try something that I'd never really done before. Sure. Yeah. That's awesome. I think think for myself, I think I first got involved, and this is a little bit of an odd story, in 2007. It was actually right after I'd gotten hired here. I was working part-time as our our, our (laughs) club's coordinator. Okay. Okay. I don't think I was even doing national work yet. It was just a, a local component of that, like 15, 20 hours a week. But... Gen J had been in partnership with the HSLDA PAC, um, deployed or were deploying into Louisiana okay. for the election for Bobby Jindal for governor. Right. This was back in 2007. He became the first Indian American governor in the history of America and it was the only one up until Nikki Haley for South Carolina. But yeah. anyway, we were bringing in kids from around the region and just because of logistics, it was going to be a whole lot easier to um, essentially carpool them from all around kind of the south, um, basically central, basically with a central meetup in Atlanta, yep. and then driving them from Atlanta into New, into uh, Louisiana. Okay. And so the uh, deputy director at the time was leading the team. I was still <laughs> married, going to school, working part-time, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But they said, hey, could you at least take a weekend um, with a couple other people? We'll fly you down to Atlanta, rent a bunch of vans. We're going to put all the different parents and kids in the vans and then with MapQuest and paper maps. Okay. We're going <laughs> right. to drive. Oh yeah. It was, it was a moment. Okay. Days, yeah. <laughs> it was terrifying. We're going to drive to New Orleans and you have to get to the right hotel. Now keep in mind, this was right after Katrina. Okay. okay. So New Orleans was in pieces, oh, wow. literally pieces. They were like built like rubble. Uh, wow. It's still in different corners, but the election was happening nonetheless. And so we did this like 12 hour sprint of driving yep. um, across the way to get all the kids to the right spot. Had crazy stories. Um, and then I wasn't actually able to stay for the campaign, but I was the logistics team to get them in out. And then later that week when they were done, which we ended up winning the jungle primary in a spectacular way, um, came back and moved all the kids back and forth. So I was kind of the transport team. Okay. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. That was, our fir- that was my first official dealing with the Gen JSAT yeah. was getting them there and back. Okay. So that was, you know, back in the day for both of you. Yep. Um, what do you do now? Well, you know, I think 
I know, you know, I get to ask questions and I sound like I don't know, but, you know, I know a lot of this, but tell our listeners what your roles are now with student action teams. Sure. Um, well, it's it's very much a partnership. Jeremiah, I'll let him explain what he does precisely, but he's the director of our PAC um, and, and does a lot of the leading to make the what's, student what's action teams. What's a PAC? Teams go. Sorry. Like, like a PAC Political of, Action Committee. Okay. Right. Okay. So when Gen J goes to deploy, Gen J as a C4 um, normally is not directly, does not deploy directly to support candidates, or at least hasn't at this point. That's done via our Political Action Committee. So the students volunteer with Gen J, those volunteers work through the PAC, the PAC pays for it, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, th- there's a bunch of legal stuff you have keeps to go through the, to do it right, keep, keep it all right, T's crossed, I's dotted. And Jeremiah runs that. Um, my job in this regard now is largely uh, more in kind of the strategic kind of big picture components sure. of it. Uh, Jeremiah is looking at individual races and, and places. Sure. Um, but as far as recruitment and getting people, and then I usually end up leading a team. So I'm yeah. usually, yeah. Jeremiah and I both usually have some sort of national leadership role to it while also leading our own individual teams. Love it. Jeremiah, you want to expand on that? Sure. So basically, my involvement with the student action team starts at the end of August every year. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of August, we're done with camp, and I put everything else I have on my plate aside, and I'm all in on student action teams. Yep. And what that means is first doing the strategic analysis. I'm looking at maps of the nation. I'm looking at polling. I'm looking at the needs that are out there yep. and beginning to put together a master plan. Then what I do is I work with Brandt and the logistics team to identify those candidates that we want to work with, mm-hmm. vet them, have them, you know, they, they fill out our candidate questionnaires, they, they go through a vetting process, I work with our PAC boards to get endorsements, yep. and then once we have endorsements for those key races, and we're looking for the closest races around the country, where a team of homeschool, high school, Generation Joshua volunteers can make the difference between victory and defeat. Okay, so you're... So part of this is that we're particularly seeking out the the tightest races, like the most, the most, the ones where a seat might flip or be saved by just a few votes. Precisely. A a lot of people reach out to me and they're like, Hey, could, could you guys send us a team? And I'm like, well, you're not actually in a district that a team of 50 generation Joshua volunteers can make a difference. Right. You're either already going to win or you're going to lose. And the margin isn't close enough for us to make a difference. What we're doing is we're looking for those places where, you know, a a few thousand votes might be the difference between victory and defeat. And that's something that I think would be great for our listeners to kind of to get because that's why whenever we talk about these teams making a difference, making history, you know, it's not just some kind of like empty words where we're like, oh yeah, you know, just hype people up so that they come volunteer. It's like we're we're choosing races where like you literally will be the deciding factor. So yes. like, you know, each of these kids, you know, we might get into this later, but we've had dozens of stories where races were won within the margins of basically what our teams would have talked mm-hmm. to on the ground there. Exactly. Those are the, those are the races we're looking for. And then once we, once we've identified them, we put together the teams and that, that includes all the logistics and, you know, we, cause we, we get the campaigns to pay for the hotel and the food and the transportation right. as much as possible. Like they're, they're willing to invest in this because it's worth it to them because they're in those marginal, yeah. marginal districts. And yeah. it's not an inexpensive prospect. Sure, but no. the campaigns know that it's worth it to have these uh, Generation Joshua volunteers there because they because our reputation is very strong. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's awesome. Um, kind of on that note, you know, you're talking about races where it's close. What most often, what type of races does Gen J or HSLDA Action Pack get involved in? Like, are we talking? Dog catcher? Are we talking nah, presidency? Nah. You know, no, we're talking picture, we're talking yeah. swing races. Jeremiah just described yeah. kind of the dynamic, which is honestly a note why we're not going to be going to races that are obviously one way or the other most of the time. And people, yeah. everyone wants it's this great person. Well, yeah, but that's not where we do our, our work. But as far as where we get involved, we're usually operating in the federal area. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at House and Senate. Yep. Um, we have gotten involved in the presidential election before. Yep. It's not common. Okay. I think we did, we've done it once that I remember. Okay. Um, normally we're looking at uh, Congress. Okay. And that doesn't mean that we won't be engaged in the rest of the candidates in the sure. region. Um, we, sure. we talk about helping. We, we tend to try and play nice with the other people that are running there. Yeah. But we're going because of a endorsed candidate yeah. um, that is almost always – um, unless we're talking about like a local Virginia politics, we have a Virginia yep. PAC too, is yep. almost always House or Senate. 
Yeah. Um, preferably, we try and find a place that has both candidates. We can help people can in both areas. Yeah. Yeah. That compounds the effect and makes it even yeah. more powerful. Yep. And then there's. I, I would just clarify. Half the time we work for congressional candidates uh-huh. uh, with our federal right. pack, but in the off years we're working with Virginia candidates right. with our Virginia pack. Right. right. Because since we're in Virginia and just complicated election laws, we can do more local, more refined stuff here in Virginia mm-hmm. than, say, everywhere else in the country. Is and, that right? And, right? And not only that, but Virginia is one of the few states that has yeah. elections in the off year. Our so elections can do basically something. never stop. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We can do things every single November yep. if we do Virginia in the off years and then the federal elections in the even years. Yeah. Uh, I know awesome. there's some Virginians who are not particularly pleased with that fact, but it works really well for us to be able to teach kids and to get experience and to learn how this works because there's always something in the world. Yeah, we're like, our, the hometown, so to speak, always has something going on, even if your town doesn't. Yes, it does. <laughs> okay, very cool. Um, I want to ask a fun question. You each, and, and as you know, one thing I'll say is that I get to often direct SAT uh, teams as well. So what I'd like to do is just kind of have like story time for a minute, which is usually, I don't know if it is on, I think on each of our teams, do you guys typically have a story time at the end of the night on your Every student night, action team? We do. I we ask do. them for the wildest, crazy yeah. stories yep. 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 Okay. where so they had these experiences with voters that just kind of blow your mind. Blow your mind, yep. yeah, yeah. Yep. So I do the same thing, and what I want to do now is kind of flip it, and so each of us have to say, what's the wildest story from one of our student action teams that we've directed? Because we're usually asking the kids, and maybe some of them will be, you know, Maybe if you're listening, you, you've been asked this question, so now we'll answer it. Sure, sure. So on my teams, it usually starts with, so I went up to a door, or uh-huh. so I knocked on a door. <laughs> and, and we have this running gag that literally every time, this, it's the opening line to every joke, right? Right. So I knocked on a door. It's like, and, it's like three men walk into a bar. Right, right. Yeah. It's the exact sort of same setup each time. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stories. Um, we've had everything from uh, random animals getting adopted because someone found the dog that's wandering <laughs> around, and the dog basically went door knocking with the team for like four hours before wow. they finally figured out who who they went to. And just rode along in the van. Yeah, apparently, yeah. I didn't know about this till later. I'm like, okay, so next time, here's the rule when it comes to pets that you're no acquiring. Picking, no picking up dogs. Um, <laughs> we had that. We had uh, we've had very unusual conversations with people yeah. um, in a variety of. St- of mental states uh-huh, and, uh-huh. and whatnot. So there's that. And then you'll occasionally have the person where the kid opens the door and it's like, it's like, hi, what we're doing? We're like, you know, can we talk to, you know, your yeah. mom or your dad yeah. or whatever it is? And he's like, hang on. And then he shuts the door and you hear him run upstairs and you hear this back and forth conversation. He comes back, he goes, mom says she's not here right now. And we're like, right. ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So like you have those and they're hilarious. Yeah. Um, you have all, and you'll get people that'll like actually like follow the kids because they're like they wouldn't want to answer the door, but then they're really curious, and so then they go hunt them down to see why they were knocking on their door. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It, it's all sorts of stuff happens, yeah, and it's really usually hilarious, yeah, uh, how yeah. those work out. Love it, Jeremiah. How about you? Oh, so I, I think one of the I've got two great stories, both okay. of which are really short. Uh, one is in 2008. I was putting together logistics for a deployment in Colorado. Okay. And the hotel in Colorado Springs that they were going to put us in was not a great location. Mm -hmm. And so I literally just posted on social media. I said, hey, is anybody out there willing to give us $2,000 so that we can (laughs) upgrade our hotel in Colorado Springs? That's amazing. And a donor reached out to me. He messaged me and said, hey, I, uh, I'm, I believe in what you're doing. I am happy to uh, help support this. Where do you want to be? That's and I said, well, I want to put my team in Glenary Castle. <laughs> and he was like, Sure, I'll pay for the difference there. And That's so he incredible. wrote us a check, and the campaign uh, uh, w- team was entirely based out of the castle of Glen Airy, which was built by the founder of Colorado Springs. Wow. That's amazing. So castle, castle student action team experience yeah. is definitely one of the more wild experiences. That's pretty amazing. The other uh, is in 2009, I was... Uh, set to do a deployment in Virginia, but there was a special election taking place in New York. Okay. And the night before, I got a call from the person who was going to lead that team in New York who said, my grandmother has just passed away. I can't be on this team. Ish. I, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I said, okay. 
I'll take that team. I I, sh- um, I think shuffled I took things your team. around. No, you already had a team. Was that Virginia Beach you were no. going to? Oh, that was a different story. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> different era. Very different story. Um, but uh, so I I gave, uh, shuffled things around, gave that team to somebody else. I dropped, jumped in the car the next morning, drove up to New York with right. the team, and we got there, and it turned out to be the most disorganized deployment I have ever seen. Ooh, that's never fun. I'm really glad I was there and not yeah. somebody else put uh-huh. in that position, but we had nothing. We had no no lists. We had no um, walkbooks. We had no, no anything. And so I messaged a friend of mine, and I said, hey... Uh, so this is where I am. And he's like, okay, don't tell anybody, but here, I'm just going to download the list for that area. And he emailed it to me. And so I had a, a uh, Excel spreadsheet, which now had names and, and addresses. And then we had to make the walkbooks ourselves. So Gosh, until three yes. thirty every morning, we were yeah. up working on the lists so that we could be ready at seven o'clock the next uh, morning yeah. when breakfast took place. Yeah. So it was, it was long, long nights, early, early mornings, yeah. chaos everywhere. But it, it was a amazing experience because each person on the leadership team and all the students and yep. parents pulled together in a way that I have never seen on a student action team where it, it's, it turned out to be the most tight knit where there's a, there's a, a picture on social media where everybody got tagged. Okay. And so it's a team of like 50 people. And every, every so often, all these years later, somebody will just comment yeah. on it and be like, oh, this was such a good memory. And then oh, everybody just awesome. pours on. Yeah. We had over a thousand comments on that photo. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's really cool. I Daniel. Think, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I say, Jeremiah reminded me of one more story that okay. I think, I think story, the yeah. listeners would enjoy. I think it was about the same era, 2008, 2010 or something. Um, my responsibility at the time and, and still occasionally was the vehicle fleet right. that we, because yeah. if, if you want a student action team, you're going to spend quality time with the minivan. Just understand that. Okay. Right. Um, <laughs> you think you've done it as a homeschooler. Wait till you see this. Right. Um, and we obviously don't buy all those minivans and we don't ask people to donate their own minivans. Um, we usually do rentals yep. and sometimes the campaigns do it, but they've discovered that sometimes it's easier for us to do it. Um, and I was out in Colorado and I think that year we rented over one weekend, about 100, 120 minivans. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, which, to, for the record, don't tell anyone at Enterprise, but if you have a large enough number of minivans and it, the check is a big enough number, they will take a check. And they did. <laughs> um, but you could see the minivans parked at the Denver International Airport yeah. from the air. Oh, there were yeah. so many of them that from the plane coming in on descent, I could look down and go, there's my minivans. And someone's <laughs> like, how on earth am I? Because I think I'm the only person that rented 89 minivans right. from the Dulles International Airport rental. Right, right. It took me an hour and a half to, to sign all of the paperwork. This oh, was back before yeah. they had all the digital stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. But it was hilariously fun. Um, and the logistics that are involved, and this is really something that Jeremiah largely does now, and I'm so grateful for, um, to make this happen is spectacularly complicated. Yep. But it is absurdly fun at the same time. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I think my weirdest story from a student action team, personally, was uh, I think back in 2010, I was on a team out in uh, Illinois, and it was over. It was similar to how this year is going to be, where the student action team deployment fell over Halloween, mm-hmm. and we were in a neighborhood that was particularly decked out for Halloween. Like everybody had spider webs, and you know, just like whatever was going on. There was a house where it was like a lady who I think she like liked our opponent or something, so she wasn't super, super uh, excited that people were campaigning in her neighborhood. Sure, but she was dressed from head to toe in like green witch costume. And she has, like, the long pointy nose. She has, like, the long fingernails. And I start, you know, coming up with my literature. And she's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, it's like an actual witch. Oh, she's my. Like, but then she's like, I, I thought at first maybe she was in character. She wasn't in character. That was just her. I mean, she was in a costume. But her voice, she was like, she was like, go away. Go away. Don't talk to me. <laughs> and so wow. I had to, you know, run, uh, actually run from Run from a witch on my first, I think, student action team with Jen. Oh, Jack. that'll get you seasoned really. Yeah, great. that got me. That got me pre-seasoned. Um, yeah, there's lots of fun stories. Um, on that note, for anybody listening to wild stories and thinking, "Wow, does this mean that I'm going to be chased by witches and you know dogs are jumping in my minivan or something?" You know, not normally. Give us, give us a picture of uh, like. It's a weird balance on student action teams because, like, it's politics. Anything could happen. Like, yep. like, like and it does anybody sometimes. could say, "Oh, well, I believe that this election is being controlled by aliens." You know, it's like when you're talking to people at the door, you hear the weird stuff. But yeah, 
one thing we've had a lot of experience with over the years is is making sure that people are safe, making sure that common sure. sense stuff you know sure. happens. So like, tell us kind of for like people listening who are like, I might want to do this, but you know, is it is we just it weird? Do yeah. I have like is do I have to like know a lot about politics? Will I be safe? You know, what are these kind of baselines that we've spent years uh, making sure are in place? Sure. Um, let me take some of the maybe take some of the safety stuff, Jeremy, yeah. and then Jeremiah, maybe you can talk about how we do training um, and, and whatnot. So for the safety stuff involved, we tend to – you're not going to put 50 people in one neighborhood, right? Yeah. That doesn't work. It's – not only does it look like a mild invasion, but <laughs> it's just awkward. Um, and it's not efficient. So what we do is we tend to divide the teams into groups of seven or less, mm-hmm. uh, usually Basically, centered around a minivan, right? Okay, yeah. Minivan, there you right? go. There you go. And of that, you have a driver and then um, three two-person units. Okay. okay? Yep. So you're working in a pair. You're not yep. working on your own. Um, you're always going to have, you know, cell, like a cell phone and, or, or more. Yeah. Usually there's yeah. usually there's more. There's actually an average of more electronics than people, but right, it's what right. it is. Um, and so you we usually use the electronic walking system now. So you actually have an idea of where you are, where yeah. you're going, which house you're looking for. You yeah. can mark down the information. You don't need to remember it till you get back to the van. You don't need to have like pencils and paper and whatnot. Right. Thank heavens, we've it's done all that before. Streamlined and technologically Fairly, advanced. It is. It is. And the nice thing is from, from the, the days of MapQuest when we first started. Oh my gosh! Yes. It's like it's like. Light years ahead. I remember 10 years ago when we actually went out and bought GPS units, like when yes. it was its own oh, special thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still sitting around here somewhere in some bar. Oh, no, I think we finally threw them away, but whatever. Um, <laughs> that being said, yeah, no, there we go. But the, the other thing that happens is as that database interfaces, we can see where you are updating data as it goes mm-hmm. along. Yeah. And the, the advantage to that, first of all, is that we know you're okay because you keep moving along. Right, right, right. We can interact with you as need be through uh, the phone you've got already. But it also means as you're getting to the end of your list, the driver knows the driver's waiting for you and you move to the next spot. So in that regard, we're usually working in fairly suburban Suburban style format. Okay, That tends to be the areas that we get drawn to. Those tend to be the battleground zones anyway. One. Two, we have some rules as far as um, light, as far as how much light you need yep. to be able to do campaigning. Yep. When it starts getting dark, we're going inside. Stuff. We're not going to be working yeah. after hours. Yeah. We're not going to be working like uh, dark. Some people are competitive and try and push that, but but there's rules there for reasons. Yeah. You're working in teams. You're you're going to be having your team leader calling and checking on you, if not being by in person, as well yep. as the driver on a regular basis. So you're yep. you're not you're not operating essentially we on your own. We don't take volunteers and just like dump them and say, hey, we'll pick you up in a Pick you up in eight hours. hours. No, 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 no. Like, yeah. We'll probably see so, you in 15 minutes. And okay. I think it's right. worth clarifying because some volunteering does work that way. That's but true. That's, that's true. we've chosen not to do. We ha- yeah, we haven't. Because first of all, we want to make sure that you have everything you need. So water, literature, materials, et cetera. Yeah. So we're routinely doing that. We're checking in and seeing what happened. Hey, did you have an issue? Someone yeah. commented. You know, the random HOA board member who's mad that people are in the neighborhood. There's right. plenty of stories right, in the right. HOA box, right? <laughs> and um, we'll deal with that. And then we have, in addition to the leader and the director, the, the, the driver and the, the, the kind of the, the team leader, yep. there's the team director that's usually rotating around as well. And so, yep. Daniel, you, myself, Jeremiah, I've been doing this for years now, but usually we've got our, our own rig that's running around and we're interfacing with the campaign and we're arranging for lunch and breakfast and yep. dinner and whatnot. But we're also checking in on the kids, and we're at least if you're on my team, I'm usually dropping bags of candy when I come by or whatever. Right, but yeah. um, <laughs> and lots and lots of water and, and coffee, snacks. Yeah, and that, all that <laughs> coffee mainly for them, yeah, mainly for us. But yeah, snacks yeah. And, and chocolate for moms. Um, right, yeah. it's a we great take thing. Care of everybody, kids take care of everyone. Water, you have a great time. Chocolate. And the other thing we're doing is we're usually picking up your numbers and transmitting them to the other vans because it does tend to be a little competitive a, between the teams. Yeah, there's a healthy it's fun. There is, there is, and you know, there's prizes usually of the silly variety. Although sometimes they're pretty substantive yeah. um, every night, and it, it, it's a lot of fun. But we work really hard to make sure that that fun is inside an area arena that is safe. Yeah. Um, and uh, standing rules: you you don't feel comfortable in the neighborhood. Someone seems out of whack, you leave. Yeah. And, it's, and yeah. it's easy, and we've done that before. It's another you know eighteen houses, whatever. At the Go end to the next of the day, spot. safety is our first priority. Correct. So we're correct. We want to affect change. We want to win elections on a historic level. And we do that. Yes, we do. But we also keep kids safe. And that happens first. Um, That's important. Now, Jeremiah, however, the, the, the other part of your question was how do we need to know anything before I come? Yeah. And, yeah. And, like, like, like what, what about for the person who's listening mm-hmm. who's like, this sounds like worthwhile, but I know nothing about politics. I don't really like talking to people. I mean, we're, we're talking about teenagers here, not the group of individuals that's you know, on a statistical level, like the most like, oh, I just want to go talk to strangers. You know, yeah, it's fair. like, it's kind of like, uh, no, that seems weird. I'd rather do anything do other thing. than that. You know, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do people need to worry about or what do they have to do? Like, what, what, you know, do they have to come with this whole resume before they come on a student action team? 
No, no. Actually, one of the things that makes me laugh when I think of the Generation Joshua student action teams is, in a sense, if you look at it from, you know, kind of the side angle, you're like, wait a second. What this is all about is doing everything my parents told me not to do, which is go and talk to strangers. <laughs> right. But, okay. and, and, and of course, you know, there, there might be something to the, the fear there. Right. But what we do is we take people, some have uh, worked on, you know, a dozen student action teams. We have our diehard volunteers who are out there every time yeah. the, the, the sign-up sheet is I know is kids open. who have been volunteering with us since, like, their mom was, like, holding them. Exactly. Like, like their mom dragged exactly. them out on one of these things. Yep. And they're just like, yeah. Yep, exactly. And we, ha- we so we have we have some of those, but then we also have the ones who've never done anything like it before. Yep. And our key, whether it's to safety, like all the things that Joel was talking about, or effectiveness, it comes down to training. Mm-hmm. That's one of the benefits of doing it through a Generation Joshua student action team. If you yeah. go and, and stand at a, at a campaign office door, they will t- they will be so excited that you're there to volunteer and they'll shove paper in your hands yep. and say, go. Yep. But if you come on one of our student action teams, we give you safety training, we give yep. you effectiveness training, we spend time in the morning and in the evening yeah. every single day giving you that confidence that you need yep. to be able to make a difference. Yep. And I love seeing those people. Like I, I think of of um, uh, the Groves family. They've been yeah. on, um, on my deployments since 2010. Was their first deployment uh, with me, and uh, they, when they were there, they knew nothing. Mm-hmm. They had never done anything like this before. Right. And so we, we did training in the hotel and then they went out and door knocked and yep. there's pictures of, of them, you know, holding signs. Yep. You know, it's, it, it's a great thing. But now they're the backbone of many of the teams that yeah. we do yeah. mm-hmm. because they've been coming back again and again. Some of their kids have graduated. They also have a Gen J club that they'll do stuff with too. They'll bring their club. Exactly. Yep. There have been uh, three or four times over the years where a last minute student action team would pop up and I'd call and say, hey, Eagles Club, can yep. you deploy? Because yep. they would be able to give us the backbone, Go and then Eagles we could Club, find those fresh Georgia. people to put in there with them, and then they'll be able to uh, equip each other. Because what we do is we train as the leaders, but we also set things up so that the experienced students can yeah. help mentor and we try train to make sure the, the upcoming students as yep. well. There's a mix of inexperience and experience in each. You get to pass it down. Van, yeah, mm-hmm. that's amazing. I actually, one funny story I remember is that uh, one time I was leading a team in Virginia Beach and we were staying at the Founders Inn and we had booked out, like it's like a it's like a hotel slash retreat center thing. And I think we booked out like one of the entire buildings. It was like, you know, a multi-building thing. I think we had like both floors. So for training, I put actors in each of like, like, like in one of the hallways in like five doors. And I was like, this is our neighborhood and you're going to walk through it. And huh. like, it was like for training. And I like had like the go knock on go the door, down, right? Knock on the hotel room door. And then like the actor opens it up and they're like, I'd like to talk to you about my candidate. And then I'd have them, I'd have the actors try to do stuff like, you know, Oh, hi, do you want some cookies? And the kids are like, no, because in safety training, I don't take food from strangers. You know, it's so, thank you. <laughs> so we like do, Good like, answer. Do, do this whole thing, um, through the hotel. It was really, that's fun. clever. Yeah. Um, all right, so I want to dig a little bit into the behind-the-scenes stuff because if, if you've been on an SAT before, you've, you know a lot of the stuff that we just talked about. You know the experience. You know the fun. You sure. know the, the training and you know, kind of how the volunteering works. But before we get there you know, to November, um, in the behind-the-scenes phase where we're planning and vetting, Jeremiah, what issues are the biggest priorities for Gen J or HSLDA action – when we're vetting or endorsing a candidate? And also, what does that process look like? Like, you know, do you, like, call them up and say, hey, have you ever done anything that we should be concerned about? Like, like, you know, like, like, what, like how does that work in politics? Yeah, yeah. So what, basically what will happen is what's happened to me over the course of the last two weeks, probably a dozen times, where a candidate or their campaign will call me and they'll okay. say, hey, I, I know Generation Joshua is an amazing organization and we really need your help. Yep. Can you send a team? And I'll say, okay, well, the first thing we need is we need the HSLDA Action Pack board to endorse you. Okay, yep. And mm-hmm. to do that, the first step is what you just did, which is call me up and say, 
I want a team. Yep. The next thing is I reply by sending you the candidate questionnaire. Mm-hmm. You fill out the candidate questionnaire and it asks their position on a series of issues that matter to the board. Yeah. And then if they pass that 100%, then it goes to the PAC board. They will review it and uh, issue an endorsement taking into account not just their questions there, but also their record, yep. their mm-hmm. history, mm-hmm. as well as the profile of their district. Like we mentioned earlier, we don't go to a district that's um, not going to be a close district. Right. So we're looking right. for all those things to come together in our ideal yep. endorsable candidate. Or we can be the straw that uh, not breaks the camel's back, but you know. <laughs> Some days, maybe. Yeah, Depends how that district right works. Direction. We tip yeah. the scales. Yeah, we there tip we the scales. go. I like that better. No breaking backs involved. And then, the, so you asked specifically what issues motivate us the most. Yeah. Uh, our, our volunteers are definitely most motivated by the uh, issue of abortion. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're pro-life. They care about that in, um, passionately. Yep. And that is the number one thing that motivates them. Yeah, I've, I've seen that. I agree. Uh, limited government, of course, is probably number two. Uh, but uh, abortion is probably by and uh by factor or two. large yeah. measure, the, yeah. the biggest thing. When it comes to the HSLDA Action Board, what they're looking at is those issues, of course, but they also care a ton about educational freedom right. and homeschooling yeah. and school choice, those types of issues. So uh, there, there is a, actually a wide range of things that are go yep. into the candidate yep. endorsement, but those are the, the major issues that we're looking at. Cool. That's really neat. Um, do you ever do like the like like they'll throw out like in West Wing and stuff they'll throw out like opposition research and kind of like do like this like like do you just like Google search the candidates like like like, like how do you how do you find out the information that like maybe won't show up on a questionnaire? Oh yeah, I mean Google mm-hmm. is the the friend of any good researcher uh-huh. whether you're a college student or you're doing yeah. opposition research. One of the things that we do is a we have a series of Google searches that we'll we'll go through to check their background, check their record. We yep. also will check their voting record. So mm-hmm. if they have been in office before, yeah. we're we're going to go and look at how they voted on abortion yep. issues, how they voted on tax issues, how yep. they how they have um, supported their words with actions and votes. That's important. Mm-hmm. That accountability. Um, very cool. How do you once once there's a candidate that you know is a great like the 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 pack? It's like oh, we can't wait to endorse this person. We've done the research. We've done the digging. They've filled out the questionnaire. How do you then decide who gets the actual deployment? Because if I'm correct, the pack almost always endorses more people then actually get a team. That's right. true. Like, cause yeah. endorsements are also helpful. Like, oh yeah. You know, some people don't need a team, but they still need an endorsement, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do you decide? And you've told us a little bit, but like kind of follow that through. To, so the next step after, after they filled out the questionnaire and they got the endorsement, then I start working directly with the campaign and other stakeholders in the, in that particular area to try to figure out if this, this, team, this campaign can support a deployment. Mm -hmm. And so that includes the finances, that includes the logistical needs of the team, including food and all those things. But it also includes things like, it does it make sense to put a team here because if, if it's too rural of right. a district, right. Right. going door right. to door will take all day and you'll yep. only talk to a thousand voters yep. and yep. it's not, it's not going to get you I, very far. I've had so many meetings, even with, even with like a split district where you have like subdivisions and rural and I'm, and people are wanting to send like minivans of like seven people to a walk book where you have to drive up and down the driveway each time. Yep. I'm, I'm like, sorry, this doesn't work people. people. You need two people for that. You need a driver and somebody to like open the gate. You know? That <laughs> like, tends to be a thing that creates stories. I remember yeah. several years ago, um, I was on a campaign uh, and the campaign manager was like, no, we're going to hit all these doors, every uh, single one of them. Yeah. And I'm like, it's not worth it. And we had a kind of a back and forth on it because he was yeah. convinced it was, but he never worked data. in this district before. Right, but they also get their data where they're like, we know that this profile of person is like our candidate's yep. thing. So yep. they're kind of like excited about the data. Sure, but sure. But so, so what we did um, for that one, because we'd had a, a disagreement, yeah. I said, fine, let's go do the doors. And so he and I went out mm-hmm. to do, while there were other teams off and running, that thing. Right. And it was about 30 minutes. He's like, this is such a waste of time. I'm like, there right. we go. Why? Because it took us five minutes to go up the driveway way and back and then we have to drive to the next one and we're losing cell reception because we're that rural out and we're like this 
is not worth it. And he's like, okay, I get your point now. Yep. And, and sometimes, and that happens sometimes, and it's kind of funny, whatever. But you have to make sure the district and where you're deploying them is yeah. the right fit. I've had even in my some of my non-Gen J political work, I've had so many meetings with like campaign managers who are who I'm like, they're like, this is that this rural long driveway walkbook, and I'm like, okay, so here's here's what I need you to decide right now. Do you want numbers and results, or do you want this walkbook done? And I'm like, because because you need to choose. And it's going to be one or the other. Mm -hmm. And if you want numbers and results, we need to go to a different walkbook. And sometimes, it, once we've laid that out, I've always been like, it's... You I'm made your call serve, now. I'm here right. to serve yep. you, help, yep. you yep. help your strategy. Mm -hmm. You make the call, but make sure you not understand the call you're making. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's, mm -hmm. that's a really interesting mm -hmm. strategy part of politics. Um, here's a question that, that some people, you know, I'm sure would be interested to know. Does Gen J only campaign... For Republicans, no, actually. So that mm -hmm. that team I told you about, yeah. the crazy one that was completely unorganized, yeah, that was an independent. Oh, so that has um, that might be partly why it was so unorganized. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I am very skeptical of any sort of third party independent yeah, campaigns. Yeah. Uh, Just for that infrastructure, for yeah. many reasons, because <laughs> that ex sure. that team experience was a disaster. Right, but it was a a race where the Republican, the Democrat, both of them were completely unacceptable okay. on yeah. our issues. On the issues. Yeah. And yeah. so we, we, we looked for an alternative. We found somebody who had a viable opportunity to run yep. and win. In fact, we, we were doing so well that when we got there, the, uh, the, the polling was so strong yep. for our can candidate that it, we, we were convinced that we had a really good shot. Yeah. The Republican ended up dropping out the day, like the day before the election yep. and endorsing the Democrat. No way. So we ended up losing. But that's how bad yeah. that candidate yeah, yeah, was yeah. on the issues, yeah. where he was more comfortable with yeah. the Democrats on some of these issues yeah. than with this real conservative candidate yeah. that we were well, supporting. See, and I love that answer yeah. because Gen J, we make no bones about it. We're a conservative organization. Yep. But we're also nonpartisan. Correct. So like I always, you know, if you can if you can find someone who's right on the issues, which, you know, maybe that's, you know, we live in a day where politics is, seems to be getting more and more polarized so that there's not mm -hmm. as much mm -hmm. party overlap as there used to be on certain issues especially. Sure. But it's like we've never turned somebody away because of the letter behind their name. No. Nope. It's like are you going to be strong on these issues that we've we've always said we care about? Do you believe in educational freedom? Yeah. Are you pro-life? Yeah. Uh, are you pro-homeschooling? Yeah. Like, uh, those are the sorts of issues, and more, obviously. Yeah, but yeah. we're looking for that. And if, if you come up yeses on those, let's have a conversation. Yeah. Um, that being said, yeah, we're that conservative. That said, you don't see necessarily as much crossover as you used to, I think no. it's fair to say. No, right? you don't. Yeah. Uh, That's which, something that I think would be great to change about politics in America. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would. Not like that. Don't know how we get there, but uh, yeah, That's yes. a novel idea. The question is how you do it. But, sure, yeah. sure. Um, very cool. This is super... This is super interesting. I want to cover a couple basics just for anybody who's listening who might not have, you know, done one of these before. Um, who can participate in student action teams? Like, say somebody's listening for the first time, they're like, "Oh, this sounds fun. I want to get involved." What's the criteria? Well, you got to be a member of Gen J. Okay, there's a practical component of you know insurance and all that. So yep. yeah, we say you have to be a member. If your parents and you're coming, which we love and welcome the parents. Yeah. This is not a thing where the kids go off and do it on their own. Right. This happens with the parents coming with. Not in every case, obviously, yeah, but they're welcome. Come, but right, you're right. Welcome. Although, yeah. if your kids are like 13 or under, yeah. we say you need to come with mom and yeah. dad. Mom or dad. So okay, so um, for a kid to come by themselves, they need to be like 14 up. 14 to like 19, right? Yep, okay, yep. Yeah. Member of Gen J. If they're younger than that, they can come, but they got to come with a guardian, parent, that sort of sure. thing. Um, the kids have got to be part of Gen J. The parents, if they're coming, need to be part of HSLDA Action, which is okay. basically the adult version of, of Gen J, for lack yep. of better terms in yep. this case. Um, so you got to be members there. That's for insurance and whatnot. Um, you got to sign up. Yep. If you don't sign up, it's really hard to walk in and come because you're not going to know where you're going. Right. Um, you'll want to be able to have time available for this sort of thing because yeah. it does take four, five, six days. And... That'll include like travel and flights. Like we'll move people across the country back and forth. We might just have you drive down the street. Depends yep. who you are, where you are. If you happen to live in a battleground place, great. If you happen to live in like Idaho or California, where it's kind of set one way or the other, mm -hmm. we might take you somewhere where it actually is. Where we it, have it, one of these tight races. Where there's a tight race, right? About. So yeah. there's going to be some travel component to it. If you don't like traveling and you live somewhere like that, it's going to be a little harder. Um, if you have to travel further than just like your kind of region then your drive we'll pay for your we'll pay for your yeah drive. as a rule yeah. we try and have it be something where we can pay for your flight or your bus or whatever that yep. thing happens to be yep. um, most of the time it's flights and we've done a lot of flights yep. um and 
our goal is to get you there. Now, that money is dependent largely, as Jeremiah mentioned earlier, on the campaign and their funding and all that sort of stuff. So there's an aspect of that that comes into play. But other than that, if you sign up and are willing to come and you're willing to abide by basically the rules, Mm -hmm. which largely revolve around safety and and whatnot, we'd love to have you. Um, It doesn't cost you anything more than basically a membership and whatever you're checking on the plane. So depending on how much luggage you bring, that might be a thing. But otherwise, right. that... You want to bring six bags, you got to pay for that. Yeah, we're not paying for that. Okay, that's the thing. But I mean, but honestly, even if you're driving away, because I know some of our Midwest people, they're like, why would I fly when I could drive for 12 hours? You know, we're going to come. So, okay, fine. We talk about it in advance, <laughs> I mean, in advance. I, why would I drive for three hours if I could fly? That's yeah, me. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Yeah, okay. So, so, but let's say they're coming. Okay, and as long as they talk to us in advance and we get it sorted out, I'm going to emphasize that here. Maybe we pay for your gas or your mileage. Right, like, right. We've done all of those things. Um, I don't think we've done anything by boat yet. Although there was that one campaign down in Florida where jet skis would have been really handy. That being said, we'll make it happen. The cost to you should be fairly nominal. And one of the, one of the important principles behind that is that we want to make your engagement in politics and learning how to be a good citizen in your country an accessible and easy thing for you to do. doesn't mean that the task is easy or that the issues aren't weighty. That's important and that's heavy. But your entry into it is something we want to make something that you can do easily. Yeah. That's important. That actually, that's a great segue to my next question. And I'd like to hear both your thoughts on this. It's a little more philosophical. You know, you're talking about how this is designed to, like, get people involved in politics. Yeah. You know, make the barrier of entry very low. low. We'll give you the training. We'll cover the cost of your, you know, travel, your food, your hotel, that kind of stuff. But the interesting thing about student action teams that I think sets it apart from many other volunteer opportunities in politics is that the whole initiative seems designed to get teens involved in elections. That's very upfront about that. Yes. Some people don't think that's a great idea. Mm. And there's a lot of kind of philosophical ramifications to that. What would your response be to the people who are like, why are teens getting involved in politics? They're not even old enough to vote. The... the reason that I think it is an amazing thing for young people to get involved in campaigns goes back to one thing that my mom used to say to me when I was a little kid. Yeah. And I, my name's Jeremiah. And in scripture, in, in the Bible, there's the, the book of Jeremiah. And in the first chapter of Jeremiah, he's, he's saying basically, how can I do this? I'm so young. Right. And he says, alas, sovereign Lord, I don't know how to speak. I'm too young. But the Lord says to him, do not say I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you to, no matter who I command you to go speak to. Wow. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. And so that verse is a huge reason for young people to not let their voice be stifled. And then if you're, if you're worried, you're like, oh, that's in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we have First uh, Timothy in the fourth chapter. Uh, Paul says to Timothy, don't look, let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and impurity. And when I hear somebody who's like, oh, yeah, teenagers should not be involved in the political process or young people should be kept out, I think of these, these passages where God is calling young people to make a difference in mm-hmm. their time. God is calling on them to stand up and let their voice be heard. Yeah. And there are limits, of course. You know, a young person can't vote. There's, right. there's physical limitations to uh, some of the things they can do. But when God opens a door and provides an opportunity and gives you that calling to to participate, go for it. And Generation Joshua is standing there opening the door for people. What we want to do is give young people the opportunity for their voice, which does matter, Mm -hmm. to be heard. That's that's so empowering. And I think that that's one of the things I personally love about student action teams is that it's, it's, it's exactly what you're saying. It's designed to give them that platform, that opportunity to let their voice be heard because... And it's kind of a radical message to some people, which is at your age today, your voice matters. Mm-hmm. And we think that you need, we're, we're going to help you use it. I think it's something that's remarkable that most people do not realize how young the men who founded our country were. Oh, uh, yeah. We have signers of the Declaration that were 26. Right. Okay. Two of them, actually. Um, and those were essentially 
functioning as Congress at the time. Right, and many right? of them had been in, involved for years. For years before that. Some of them yeah. in their teens, yeah. many of them actually at a certain point. That being said, they got to that place of leadership by being involved sooner than when they were that old. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, you don't start at senior leadership. Right. But to learn how to develop leadership, you must engage at some point. Yeah. And student action teams are a very low bar to entry way to start learning how your government works, how politics works, because politics is what leads to policy. Yep. Okay? And so just learning the policy and never learning the election process yep. and the technical components and the skills and necessary to get there means that that great policy idea you may have can never actually come into implementation because you can't get it into yep. through the political kind of barrier to the policy side of things. And our friends at the Leadership Institute they always say they do. you owe it to your idea. I'm paraphrasing, but basically you owe it to your ideas to learn how to win. Yes, you, and, and they're correct. They're absolutely correct. And I think one of the things that, yeah, if you, if you haven't taken any of their training, they've got good stuff on that. But yeah. um, the, the the thing that's important for, I think, parents to understand relative to their kids being involved, because sometimes the parents don't have the, uh, forget this part of the perspective, is that just like with kids growing up, you start giving them further and further levels of responsibility. You kind of unfold your hand as far as what yep. they're allowed to do. It's like stuff I will let my 10-year-old do is not something that I'll let my 5-year-old do, yep. right? Because they've gotten older, there's some maturities, hopefully some wisdom, right, that yep. happens. Well, in the same way, politics is something that just dropping off a cliff into or dropping into the deep end with no prep Oh, that's going to be that. That'll be a shock. Sure. Okay, and that's not good for the system. It's not good for the people on the in politics when someone like that drops into it. To be honest, <laughs> right. and it's not great for the person being dropped into it. Okay, partly because you don't know how it works. You don't know how to get something done. It yeah. will frustrate you to no end. Frankly, the people that you drop in on, as well as the people that are trying that, that you will be frustrated. But if you learn that process in incremental stages, where you start with this sort of campaigning here, and you work on this, and you're on a Gen SAT, and then maybe you're mentoring on a Gen SAT, maybe you become part of the leadership core and you help lead an SAT. Yeah. Then maybe you're working for your local county commissioner on a campaign, or maybe a town council, or something like that. Yep. You build your capacity to lead both in policy and politics and to lead people. And that starts on a low level. And that's great. That's where it should be. Yeah. Because then when that door opens when you're a little older, okay, or, or you see God calling you in that direction, you've developed the tools and skills necessary to lead powerfully there. And I, I think if we don't put time and effort into learning that, like we would math or science or anything else, yep. you're going to have trouble there. I mean, I mean, if Washington talked about it where – one of the things that is really important for our, our civic government is that people are literate in how our government works and understand it. And when they aren't, you have a problem. And so Washington, in one of his speeches as president, said that it was really, really important, and he wasn't wrong, that students be trained in the governance required for liberty. And if they don't get that training, they won't be able to keep it, which sounds like it leads into commentary on 2020 right now. But that being yeah, said... Yeah. It's really important, and this is a simple entry point to start building the basic skills that I believe every citizen in America needs. That's a great answer. So, do SATs make a difference? You know, absolutely. It, yes. Abs- okay. <laughs> I, I I love interacting on the Hill with yeah. members of Congress, House, and Senate, and when they hear, "Oh, Generation Joshua." I would not be here if it wasn't for those Generation Joshua kids Mm -hmm. who volunteered on my campaign. Wow. There are so many people who do that. I think of uh, one of our early um, candidates that we helped. His name was Senator Tom Coburn. He was known as the the leader of the shrink the government movement in the Senate for years and years. And he said, Generation Joshua, they were our grassroots. They were the key. Generation Joshua was the most successful thing I have ever seen in politics, and my hope is that it will continue. Is that and like a direct quote? That is a direct quote that's, uh, that he, that's he said about Generation Joshua. I have another one here uh, from uh, Senator Tom Cotton, okay. who we helped elect in 2014. He said, uh, the Generation Joshua student action teams that came to Arkansas gave us the critical edge in turning out voters to the polls. The parents, the team leaders, and the students all did a great job and worked well with our campaign team. I was impressed with their level of organization, dedication, and professionalism. I am so very grateful I had their support. And then my favorites are the ones like uh, Tim Hugo. Uh, He's uh, 
uh, a leader in, in Virginia, and he said, I know for a fact I would not be here today without Generation Joshua. After you came in and helped me when I needed help, the families who went door to door, good conservative families with principles who are willing to put principle into action. And again, I am Tim Hugo. And without Generation Joshua, I would not be here today. He said that on the House floor. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember that mm-hmm. down in Richmond. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yes. And then, you know, Congressman uh, Mark Harris, um, we, he, he said I wouldn't be in Congress if it wasn't for Generation Joshua. I'm trying to remember. Oh, there's so many others. Uh, that, uh, Andy Harris in Maryland. He said basically the same thing. Uh, Congressman McClintock in California. Yeah. He said basically the same thing. You you want to hear these stories. I like to tell the stories about the Generation Joshua kids, but the members of Congress love to tell those stories. And it just is music to my ears when I hear them say, I would not be in Congress today if it wasn't for Generation Joshua, because they know it's true. Yeah, that's amazing. That actually, that's something because, you know, a Generation Joshua student action team, the average American, they never heard of it. No. But it's different, at least... Uh, from my interactions in D.C., but I think also both you would testify that, like, if you talk to, like, the political people on either on Capitol Hill or on campaign staff or something, if you pull that group, there's a much higher percentage of people who are like, oh, I know what a Gen JSAT is. The people who need to know know. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's kind of, it's, mm-hmm. it's, in some ways, it's the secret weapon of the 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 – if you're a politician, you're like, I need that. I need that supercharged to my campaign. Well, one of my favorite – things to do is when a, when a candidate calls me and asks for, uh, you know, help, uh, you know, they're asking for the endorsement or whatever. I'll, I'll just say, ask, I'll say, Hey, have you ever worked with a generation Joshua student action team before? Yep. And they'll, you know, th- those, some will say no, but I know several people who did. And they said, I need to call you right now. <laughs> or they'll be, yes, there, I was, I was on the periphery, uh, four years ago, I was working on a campaign and you guys came in and all I remember is the endless energy that came with you, with your deployment. And I said, I'll, I'll reply. I'll say, yeah, I, I've, I've, believed this from the beginning. Generation Joshua is the adrenaline that a campaign needs at those last moments. I love that. I love that. That's super cool. And that's a really, that's one thing that I think is really special about student action teams is, you know, Joel, you were kind of talking about how it's that civics that it's in a sense, it's part of civics education for every student who comes because they're Mm -hmm. seeing Mm -hmm. how to use their voice, how the system works. And, you know, theoretically that could be worth doing just to gain the practical skills and, and that kind of behind the scenes experience and, and sure. perspective, mm-hmm. like, like, like just for pure, like education where you're like, yep. we're like, I just want to see how this works. And, you know, the great thing though, is that we invite people to go do it for people who they actually like believe in, yeah. who actually get oftentimes real world elected. Yeah. So, there's you know, multiple, like, there's multiple layers of benefit to this. There's multiple layers where you're like, mm-hmm. you're, you're getting this educational experience that, you know, some people, would do kind of no matter who was running because they're like, I just want to see what a campaign works like, sure, you know? Sure, Um For a lot of people who tend to be more ideologically motivated, they're like, oh, I only work for people I believe in. But, of you know, course. That's just, that's just those of but us some who, people are just like, how do I do this? Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll intern for anyone. Yeah. You know, I want to learn the process. But then you're coming away with both that experience and realizing that you made a difference in, you know, what what might be deciding policy for your, for your country or your sure. state or something. Sure. Um, on that note, as we kind of get towards wrapping up, what is the most – well, first first I want to ask two really quick questions. Then I want to end on kind of an aspirational question. First of all, people listening, how can they get involved? What, what, what do they go do to, to, to be involved? Because it's happening this year, right? Yep. I mean, you know, yes, it is. We're, we're, we're looking at you know, making sure we have contingencies in place with all the stuff going on with – Because it's 2020. It's yes. 2020 mm-hmm. and yep. you know, we're making sure that everything is good with that kind of stuff. But on some level, we're going to be deploying student action teams. That is the plan, yes. How do people get involved? Well, you go to generationjoshua.org. Yeah. Yep. And if you want to get more specific, we, you can go to the subpage, genj.us slash SAT. Yep. There you go. You can sign um, up there. I had the, I I'll, I had that one prepped. You know. Yeah, you're <laughs> you good. Tell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sign up. You'll need to sign. You sign up for the students involved, and then um, if your parents volunteer, you can sign up there too. Yeah. yeah. Love if it. you're older than Gen J, like you're college age and you're yeah. listening to this and you're interested, you got to be part of our leadership core. So you yeah. want to sign up to be that to be a leader on the team. Yeah. So, but go the to, the big go, one. Go to generationjoshua.org. There's a page for leadership core. There's a page for student action teams. Correct. Just sign up. If you've got any questions, email us, oh, yeah. info at generationjoshua.org. Um, we will get back to you ASAP. Um, kind of on, on the last note then as we sign off, when you think about student action teams, what is the most meaningful story or outcome that comes to your mind? 
Wow. Start and then maybe end it with you, Jeremiah. The most meaningful story. Okay, so this is going to be a little odd. Okay. okay? Uh, as a story goes. Um, I've been doing this now for years. I think Jeremiah and I calculated at one point that we've been involved in millions of voter contacts now over mm-hmm. the course of the last 10 years or so that we've been involved in this. Yeah. Um, thousands and thousands, maybe tens of thousands of kids involved in this sort of thing, which is amazing. Um, I think what's really amazing is you get kids who are going to be involved and are working hard and are diligent that understand that they have a position um, that they're uniquely put in as young people to have a voice. Mm-hmm. And once they personally capture the responsibility and position that they're in, and you see them work like nothing else. Um, I, had a, I had a kid on a team I was out in, I think, I think it was Missouri. I think it was Missouri. I don't know. It's okay. too many states at this point. Yeah. But he kind of understood what, like, how close it was, how much it mattered. And he worked. He worked his tail off. That kid was working probably as hard as the other five people in his van. Wow. Easily harder than anyone else I had on my team. Yeah. And I think on the third day, his leader texted me and was like, hey, so I've got a thing that we need to do that's not in the budget, which is always a terrifying thing yeah. on the directors. Yeah. I have like, very, like this federal <laughs> rules on how much money I can spend. Right. I'm like, what? He goes, I need to buy one of my kids a new pair of shoes. I'm like, okay. what? He goes, did like, what? He goes, was there an accident? He goes, no. No, they just kind of ran out of them, and now they're in pieces. I'm like, I have got to see this. So they, they texted me a picture, and literally, he had run through his shoes. And these weren't, like, super cheap things. Yeah. I mean, they probably weren't in the best shape when they came, but they were yeah. certainly not broken they initially. Like trashy throwaway shoes. No, nah, no. Nah. These, were, these were good shoes, and they were not anymore. Yeah. And I said, okay, I, I'll make you, uh, tell him I'll, I'll make him a deal. I will go get him a new pair of shoes. I need yeah. a size and all the rest of it. So I actually did that. Um, but I want a copy of the, I want, I want the old pair of shoes, which <laughs> admittedly sounded a little weird. And I have a handful of them now up on a shelf in my, in an office across the way from mine. Yeah. But it's these, yeah, we put the interns there, right? Um, <laughs> the reason I have them though is just a reminder of the amount of hard work and sacrifice these students will put into it yeah. and in ways that honestly boggle the mind of most of us. Yeah. Okay. There is, it, it is astounding what teenagers can do yep. when you tell them, here is the need, here is the reason, yep. here are the tools, go do it. And then you stop from telling them that it's not possible. Because they're like, okay, and then they do it, and you're amazed. I mean, I remember celebrating with them at the end of, I think it was the 2016 or 2014 elections, there'd been a change in, in, in federal, like, Congress and Senate, and they were just like, wait, we did it? Like, yeah, yeah. you did it. Yeah. You actually changed the course of our country yeah. between the teams all across, and, and they were just aghast that little groups of people like them, yeah. in coordination, of course, around the nation, had altered the balance of power for the United States of America, for foreign policy and domestic policy, yeah. and that changed significant amounts of it. That, that played out on the world stage. And they're like, I had an impact, a spectacular impact. And it takes something that honestly we're pretty cynical about, which is politics, right. and makes them go, yeah, 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 there's bad stuff in here. But good people can do really good things here, and I did that once. Yeah. Those sorts of people don't abandon it. And frankly, if we're going to make anything better in our country, and at least in our political system, I mean, ultimately, that's God, right? Yeah. But when it comes to being engaged in the political process, walking away is a guaranteed loss. And these kids look at it and go, no, no, we don't walk away. We may choose our candidates carefully and choose where we engage, but we don't walk away because I know we can make a difference. Yeah. I've, got a, I've, got a, I've got a wall of shoes to help me remember that they really can. That's amazing. Jeremiah? So probably the, the story that comes to mind is – born in 2014. Okay. And it starts there and then it will come to today in a minute. But in 2014, we did a special uh, election in Virginia in January, mm. which means that it was snowing. And people on that team, they, uh, they, they remember. You, you mentioned that team to anybody who was there, and they'll, they'll remember driving through the blizzard conditions to get to the victory party and, you know, all those things that happened there. And one of the things that, that happened that night was the victory party turned into a loss party. Okay. We were defeated. 
And at the end of all that, we went back to the to the hotel, and I started talking with the with the students, and I I, I quoted something that I I love to quote because it's so meaningful to me personally. And that is John Quincy Adams. And John Quincy Adams says, the duty is ours, but the results are God's. Mm -hmm. And I explained what I believe that means. I I believe that that means that we work really hard and win or lose on election night, it's not going to be by lack of effort on our part. We're going to put ourselves all in. We're going to make the difference that we can, but the results are ultimately in God's hands. And Generation Joshua believes that in many levels. One is actually what happens on election night, but the other part of it is what is the purpose of the student action team? Mm -hmm. We don't do the student action teams just for victory parties. We do the student action teams with a 20, 40-year vision. Yeah. Where these people who are involved on the team will have a spark lit in them. Well, they'll see how American democracy works and how they can make a difference. Love that. Fast forward to today. Okay. All these years later, the, uh, there was a family on my team there who was a, fa- uh, a son and his mother. So Simon and Jennifer. Okay. Simon uh, has stayed involved with Generation Joshua. He has volunteered on a few other teams. He was a leader on my team last year. And because of that experience where he believed that the duty was his to participate, but the results were in God's hands, he now works in the White House. Oh, wow. Works, works for the president in, in the White House. His mother, inspired by that experience and continuing to get involved she is now running for public office oh my goodness on the west coast i she called me yesterday and she reminded me of this story she told me about you know how that moment has impacted them all these years later and now she's looking for a generation joshua student action team to come and help her in her campaign for office oh my god and that's that's only six years later imagine 15 more years from now where the generation joshua students who had that that spark lit in them that says the duty is ours the results are god's we are going to throw ourselves into this project we're going to throw ourselves into the to the vision of american democracy so that we can leave the world a little better and we're going to put all ourselves into that project Mm -hmm. because it matters that's the real payoff of the generation joshua student action teams it's it's not the the victory party it's what happens because of that victory party and although people would say we lost that election i see it as a win because now we're seeing the real fruit paying off of that hard work that took place back in 2014. That's amazing. Man, well, I think that's a perfect note to end on. Um, Thank you guys for taking the time. Uh, Anybody listening, if you want to get involved and have this be part of your story and your growth this year, uh, go to www.genj.us slash SATs. Thanks, uh, Daniel. It's It's been a pleasure. It's been really fun. Hey friends, if you enjoyed today's episode of the Gen J Podcast, go ahead and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, most of the other major podcast sites and apps. Uh, If you really liked the show, go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and a review, uh, hopefully a good review to help other people find it. Uh, This is really helpful when we're starting out with a new show to help people connect with the podcasts who are already listening to similar podcasts. We would love to stay in touch with you, so shoot us an email at info at or follow us at Generation Joshua on Instagram and Facebook. We will be back soon with another episode.